Hello, all you podcast listeners out there. This is Jim Noka, and I'd like to welcome you to the 21st issue edition of the Knife Journal podcast. I'm here with Kyle Versteg, um, Dr. Kyle Versteg. Yep, uh, charcuterie expert extraordinaire, however you want to call him. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to wish you a happy new year. Yeah. Hope everybody had uh, rung in the new year and didn't have a, a terrible hangover. Oh yeah, I I uh, was a very very good boy. I stayed at home and I had zero alcohol. I was very yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. We had a we had some sparkly right around ten o'clock, and then we were in bed by eleven thirty, I think. Watch the ball drop. Oh, excuse me. Because we DVR'd it. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, the next morning, New Year's Day, started off the day right, 18 below zero. Had made breakfast for my wife. And then I went out and cut wood. Mm. My wife was saying, why did you you go out there and cut wood at 18 below zero? And I said, you know, honey, snow doesn't stick to stuff. At eighteen below zero. Hmm, that's true. <laughs> that's that's uh, so cold that uh, you won't have any problem. Nope, nope. So it was actually really nice, and it doesn't feel any to me. It doesn't feel any colder. Ten below, eighteen below, two degrees. If there's no wind, it all feels the same. Yeah, and me. if you, if you get a little bit of shelter out of the wind, you're good to go. Yeah. I noticed that, it, you know, if you dress properly, it's not that big a deal. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's all, oh, my God, how do you... You know, I'm listening to the news today, and they were talking about uh, the your axe area, your the where your axe guys are from. Yeah, New York up there, huh? Yeah, they're saying that uh, they're going to get a foot of snow. Oh, my God, they're, he- they're running around like their hair is on fire because they're going to get a foot of snow. Yeah, we got a foot of snow like... The, like the day before New Year's Eve, nobody even knew it. <laughs> yeah. You know, there was a place five miles south of me that got 24 inches of snow in one night. And yeah. Nobody even, you know, it's like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> well, you know, there, it's like, how many millions of people live there? It's millions and millions and millions. Well, wouldn't you think that if all of them just, like, picked up a handful of frickin' snow and just melted it, it would be done? Uh, There's so many people; they would just take their take their drop trow and put their ass in the snow and melt it. <laughs> they can't be bothered. <laughs> <laughs> no, like the the point being, when you have that many million people, you're that much more likely because you figure one out of a thousand is a complete goofball. So they've got oh, I, like total goofballs <laughs> walking around. Whereas up by you, there's like a thousand people in the county or whatever. So it's yeah. only like I one goofball. I don't think that there's that many goofballs per thousand. I think there's way more than that. Well, yeah. I'm talking the extreme, like, making the news for, like, raping chickens goofballs. You know, well, now you're gonna Now you're going to offend all of our chicken raper. Yeah. Oh, sorry, the chicken audience. rapers. Yeah. <laughs> we have to be so politically correct anymore. Yeah, well, it's uh, it's a good thing we didn't address that Phil issue because it seems like that kind of took care of itself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it and it and it always will. The, yeah. Now the the illegal alien thing, I'm not sure that that's going to work its way out so well. Well, yeah, did you hear the Did you hear the latest today? That you can be an illegal alien and practice law in uh, 
which I don't okay. get because if you break the law and you're <laughs> a citizen, you you have a very difficult time getting a professional license. And if you're an illegal alien, by definition, you're breaking the law by being here. Right. So now, you know, if I was a criminal and I wanted to practice law, I'd just go and say, well, you know, look, there's precedence. There's this case from January 2nd. 2014 i'm you, you you can't deny me if you don't deny that guy do you think that that's uh do you think that that's going to i i think that's that's not done yet i think that that by the time it's said and done the supreme court's going to hear that case and they're going to say no well it depends on depends i mean who somebody has to appeal that and bring that to the supreme court like, right. who's going to appeal it because the guy got what he wanted? And the state's not going to appeal it because the state got what it wanted. Right? I mean... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're, I suppose you're right. I guess if he starts tries to start practicing in another state or something, or tries to transfer his license... I mean, I would think if I if if I was in charge of... of uh, and I, I'm not exactly sure how that works because I think they have to get a... They have to take a, a licensing test in each state that they want to... There's a state bar, yeah, and I think they have to pass a licensing bar in every state. But I think that if I wouldn't let a, a somebody, a practicing attorney in in uh, California, be allowed to take my bar because we don't know if he's really legal or not. Mm, yeah, I'm not sure it works. I mean, I don't know about them, but I know for medical licenses, once you pass your boards, you're good to go, and then you just apply for a license in a new state or whatever. You know, and then I heard somebody yeah, I on think, the radio today making the argument, well, you can't discriminate against him just because he's here illegally and blah, blah, blah. You can't deny him the right to practice law, uh, you know. And <laughs> the, the, the the thing that was left unsaid is, is, like, nobody's denying him the right to practice law. He can go back to his own damn country and practice it there, you know. Like, yeah, he can't Like, he can't I would have to. If I, if I went to Mexico and tried to be a doctor... You know, you can't imagine the prison time that I'd have to do for that or anything else. And I'm curious. Now, I'm pretty sure attorneys have to take a bar exam in each state because they have to have it because their state laws are involved. And there's, you know, pretty much medicine is the same across borders. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's the same. I would imagine it's the same. Although, you know what? My wife's license isn't good everywhere. No, because you, you have, have to, to you have to apply in every new state. You have yeah. to apply for a state license, and different right. different states have different licensing requirements. But by and large, if you've passed the boards, like the USMLE steps one, two, and three, um, that's our boards, then you can get a license in, yeah. in any state. You just have to meet their state requirements, which is not a yeah. big deal for most. But I think states. I think attorneys are different, though. I think attorneys you actually have to take a test in each state. Wow. That you want to practice in because it's they they have a t- they hold a you know that's what surprised me about this because they keep a pretty tight handle on their on their you know who they allow to play their game yeah <clears throat> and you know because it's difficult to get into law school it's difficult to get into you know it's all you know difficult to be able to take the bars mm-hmm. and. I you know and what and you, if you're a pra- if you're a lawyer practicing in like let's say Georgia, it doesn't give you the right to practice law in Michigan. 
Yeah, yeah, you have to you, you have to get I mean I I I really don't understand the licensing of it. I I have no experience in it. But I did see in the news a survival story. Mm. What was that? Um, the cat in a well or the horse in a well story, the little girl in the well story? <laughs> oh, like baby Jessica. That's like from the 80s, dude. Yeah. No, you know, but I think there was another I No, I heard a, I heard a real good one. Um What's that? so a bunch of like global warming scientists and oh. a bunch of like <laughs> I was wondering if you were going to bring global that up. warming like tourists went down to Antarctica <laughs> to see that there was no ice there and they brought reporters <laughs> along to say look the ice is gone and of course it's gone it's the middle of summer dummy it's not it's not winter down there but so they go down there and uh the ice like enveloped their ship and they were like trapped in there <laughs> you know, you so know I was, was thinking like they'd probably be eating each other and stuff, but no such luck. The uh, Chinese came to the rescue and well, th- did had you to hear fly them out of. It? They couldn't even break the ice with icebreakers. Right. Well, what's what's kind of comical about that is they were actually following the path of another expedition that was a hundred years ago. Uh huh. That went that same path and was going. They had just left like a French outpost and they were going to another somewhere else. Yeah. That they should be this time of year be able to get to with their with their uh, uh, with their ship. Yeah, it's the middle of summer. Yeah, breaking minor minor bits of ice yeah. and uh, uh, it totally they got totally f-ed up. Yeah, they, they, <laughs> I guess they got stuck in like there's like ten feet of ice around the boat. It's actually pushed the boat uh, a little bit. It's got a uh, it's healing over a little bit. Yeah, and. And it is an icebreaker itself. I mean, yeah. it has icebreaking capabilities, but just not that thick. And they they tried to get some other ships down there to break them out, and those ships got stuck too. Yeah, <laughs> they tried to get they tried to get it out with um, a Chinese icebreaker, mm-hmm. and I and maybe excuse me, maybe a Russian icebreaker. I think might have been the second ship that they tried to get, and uh, uh, finally the all the global warming weenies. Are were screaming ch- chimp screams. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, gotta get, get us out of here right away. Us, There's yeah, duty the in the hall. Get, there's, <laughs> <laughs> somebody farted and it's stinking up the whole damn ship. So, anyways, it was it, to me. It's very funny. I mean, I don't. I know it's been cold where you are. I know. Oh, I mean, for us up here, for us up here, it's been uh, one of the coldest. Uh, winters that uh, one of the coldest Decembers that I can remember, and it was um, I, I want to say that we had one day where it went over 32 in December. Uh-huh. I'd have to look at the specs, but um, for the most part, the month of December was below zero at night, and and no more than. 10 or 15 degrees during the day for the lion's share of December. Well, that's, and that's lot, what it was like for us. It's a deep freeze here. Yeah. And that, for us, is it never happens. That is something that never happens up here. We always have a December that's, you know, because we're so close to the lake, it affects our, us quite a bit. It has to be bloody cold to overwhelm 60-degree water, 50-degree water. Yeah. We have huge amounts of it with, uh, by us. Yeah. And... and um, and boy, it started getting cold the first well November actually more like November. God, I want to say the sixteenth of November. It started getting really quite like brutally cold. Jeez, and uh, and it hasn't broke yet. And I, I'm thinking that 
I'm thinking that we need some global warming weedies up here, and uh, maybe yeah. they'll burn in our wood stove or something. <laughs> yeah. To help well, you, us. you know, the the funny thing is, is like, you know, they said that 2014 is like the, or 2013 is like the coldest year on record. Yeah. But they'll say, well, you know, um, global warming works in mysterious ways. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's yeah. like, that's the same thing as, you're, you basically just told me that, it's a religion because yeah. the Lord works in mysterious ways too when stuff doesn't quite add up. <laughs> you know, but somehow yeah. we're supposed to ignore the evidence of our senses and the evidence of what's going on in favor of a bunch of egghead scientists. You know, and they say, well, well 97% of scientists agree. And I'm like, yeah, and they also agreed in things called phrenology, which is the study of lumps on your head. And they also agreed in eugenics, which is <laughs> the program that Hitler took out to, you know, get rid of uh, retarded people and homosexuals and everything else. You know, and they, they've agreed on stupid and irrational things throughout history and caused much, much damage. You know, and, and who's paying the damn bill, okay? You you gotta you gotta look. If the government wants you to say something, and you apply for a grant, and your grant doesn't say what the government wants, guess what, buddy? You don't get to be a scientist anymore. That's how it yeah. works, and I know that because I I have been a scientist before. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just yeah, I don't know. Anyway, it's a religion, <laughs> and I, I'm it's, glad that their high priests and priestesses and their clingers and hangers on just got stuck in the ice. And I hope that ship just smelled horrible because, you know, they didn't have enough patchouli oil to cover up all that B.O. and hippie pot smoke and everything else down there. It's 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 so ironic, though. (laughs) I mean, that's the uh, that's the you know, and I don't know. I always say this when stuff like this happens. You know, I say, you know, God's got a sense of humor. Yeah. And and uh, when it comes to stuff like that, I just I just kick back and. And just laugh and go, how the hell is it possible Yeah, that that it just so happened to be, you know... The, the, the group that was going global, down there. Global, yeah. Yeah, of global <laughs> warming gurus. Yeah, and their clingers and hangers-on and yeah. like, groupies. Yep. <laughs> groupies. <laughs> global warming groupies. Yeah, apparently nobody ever like read the story Chicken Little when they were a kid. You know, no. the sky is falling. The sky is falling. You know, pretty, sooner or later, you just stop listening and Chicken Little. We we would get these guys that would move up here from the city, and they would buy a piece of property on the lake, and the water had dropped uh, four or five feet from like the previous two years, uh-huh. and they, they'd only been up here three years, so they don't have anything to base anything on except for their three years of experience on the water. Yeah, and they were screaming. Like bloody murder that somebody was buying our water, <laughs> that they were selling the water somewhere, and they and oh my god, it's a disaster. And you're, you're like, you know, if you would just listen to some of the old guys that have lived here their whole life, you would realize that this happens every 35, 34 years, something like that. There's a cycle. If you go up to the Sioux Locks, they've been keeping records up there since the locks have been open and it's I, it's like 140 years or something like that they've been up there or maybe longer i don't know uh-huh. but but you can they have this the the water level all graphed out hmm. at the at the at the locks there right and you can see it you can look at it and go it, you know it may not be 34 years but it might be 35 33 32 but every there's a high and low water peak about every 35 33 32 years 
So it's happened like a dozen times since they've been keeping records hmm. that we've gone through this cycle, and it's 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 pretty funny. <clears throat> yeah. But well, what's new in knives? Um, what's new in knives? The Bravo Big Boy. Yeah. From Bark River. The Bravo Three. The Bravo <laughs> Sword. <laughs> yeah. It's like uh, you know that I got a kick out of it. You know, most of the guys that are making these big choppers will make them like nine inches, ten inches max. This is eleven and three quarters. <laughs> yep. And 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 Mike was telling me that. Hang on a second. Hey, stop. Mike was telling me that that come here, stay right here. Mike was telling me that it actually feels very balanced in your hand. I haven't I haven't had one yet, so yeah. they're just putting them together right now, and um, but I haven't gotten one yet, so. Yeah. But I'm, I'm kind of intrigued by it. I mean, I, I you know you know my stance on those knives. I'm not a you know I mean I could see something like that on the side of my pack and you know yeah yeah you, let's you, talk about like carrying those things because um this uh this brings up a good point like something like that I I don't ever I mean I I will occasionally carry a big knife but mostly what I carry if I'm going that big is my parang mm-hmm. and I actually bought um. You know, my jungling pack is is a Maxpedition Vulture 2. And the reason mm-hmm. I like that one is because it's got the molly on the side. And what I did was I just made a, a sheath that had uh, the grommets at um, intervals so that it's molly compatible, and I just lash it to the pack there. Right. Because if, if you try to put it on your belt, it's just a big nuisance. I don't have... I have a couple packs like that... Um, that and they have they have Molly on the side of them. It, uh, I have an Eagle Eagle three day pack and a that uh, Spec Ops pack, the pack. Yeah, yeah. And and um, those have Molly on the side. And what I've done, and actually my Tasmanian Tiger pack has got Molly all over it. Uh-huh. <laughs> what I've done is when I'm carrying a big knife like that, is I'll 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 Molly it right to the side of it. I won't, you know. It's handy to get to, but you, boy, I, I just don't see carrying that on my belt. Yeah. Um, I've seen rigs. I've not spent a lot of time with one, but uh, one of Mike's leather makers had had made a um, a Baldrick rig. I think it was yeah, called. Yeah. No thanks. And it's and it goes around your you know like a cross. Yeah. Like you'd wear like a haversack. Yeah. Type and it and it and it was it looked like it would work. You know, I mean, you could hang more than than a big knife like that on it, but. Um, I, I don't, you know, if I was going to, if I was going to put that on, I, I would probably be going somewhere that I would probably need a pack anyways. Yeah. And I would just put it on a pack. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I'm like, it kind of goes against a lot. I mean, I, I love big knives. Yeah. I just don't, I just don't use them. <laughs> I yeah. just don't find a, you know, so it's not very often that I have, and, and especially one that's 11 inches. I mean, you know, uh, I don't think, a th- I think a Thor is 10 inches. Jeepers. And and that's a, I mean, that's a big, that's a big Bowie style knife. And, and, and I have carried that and, you know, it, I, but I don't, I just don't find myself using it much. I mean, that's yeah. the. That ends up being the reality of it. Is I just don't find myself using it that much. Yeah, you do some jungling, you will. 
Um, but you'll wanna you'll you'll want something that's not really a knife at that point. You'll want like more of a machete. Right. You know, and 11 inches is kind of short, at least from my experience. Probably 18 to 22 is is going to be a better length for you. Mm-hmm. And in which case, you just lash it to your pack when you're not using it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's and that's pretty much what I'm what I'm what I'm doing. Stay here, hey chief. Stay here. Come on, stay here. My puppy. Yeah. He's he's uh he wants to go and see what's out the window. And it's and it's dark now. You can't see anything right yet. But well, that, that um, Bravo three looks pretty cool. I'm still waiting it, for the Bravo LT though. That's the it, one I want. It. Uh, um, he's got him up there. I think he's hanging on to it till we go up and get your grinder. Yeah, he said that they're that the holdup is that they're repairing one of his and they want to ship them out together so they don't get dinged on the shipping costs, which I wholeheartedly support. Yeah, because it's like three hundred bucks to ship one of those things. I concur. Yeah, they're they're, uh, and then you add the fact that UPS was. Did you know UPS closes on New Year's Eve? Oh, really? Yeah, I know they've the had only, a big backlog. They they uh, it's the only I guess it's the only day of the year that they actually nobody works. Huh? They actually close. Hmm. Yeah, lots but, of my friends are UPS drivers or were at one point. Yeah. And the, my UPS driver now he. Uh, he was a like a nationally renowned BMX racer, <laughs> and he was he was a year older than me in grade school. We went to the same grade school. But uh, yep. Have you seen Have you seen those fat tire bikes? Uh, yeah, I've never ridden one. It seems like a lot of inertia to get going there. You know, they, I, they had a thing on the on uh, the news the other night. They have they. Actually, they're having a couple races up here, I guess, in the snow. Oh boy! And and uh, they had they were interviewing this this bike rider, and he was saying that the tire is not uh, the tires are not that heavy compared to um, to a regular bike. Huh? It's it's because they're they're made out of something else, um, making them quite a bit lighter. Yeah, I do I do a little mountain biking, um, but I I ride a a hardtail bike um, with uh, 29 inch rims on there, and that sucker is awesome. I mean, you just yeah. fly on those, but because I, I can't get used to the. I was BMXer when I was a kid too, and I can't get used to when you start pedaling real hard and stand up and start cranking the the back end bounces, <laughs> and you lose a significant amount of your power compressing that spring, and I just could never get used to that. Yeah, but uh, when I was biking as a little kid. We uh-huh. had we had paperboy bikes. Oh, like uh, what's that? Like a Schwinn um, banana seed deal. Schwinn heavyweights? No. Oh, pre pre that. Okay. Huffy, it was there was Huffy and and uh, Huffy made a big bike like that, and uh, Schwinn made a big bike like that. I'm trying to think of what the other. There was one more. That was real well known. And then there was a lot of guys that would ride like Ward Mon- Montgomery Ward bikes, and uh-huh. but we would always we'd strip the fenders off them and put uh, high handlebars on them, and we thought we were badass. Like knobby, and knobby tires and yeah, <laughs> knobby, knobby tires on them and stuff. And yeah. we used to we'd ride in the dirt all the time. Yeah, it's fun. Do jumps and stuff. And oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But there wasn't anything else. I mean, there wasn't. I mean, there was no such thing as a BMX bike. 
Yeah, you, that you missed <coughs> that by like 10, 15 years, I'm guessing. Oh, at least, I bet. Yeah. So I'll the bet. the last podcast uh, un, uh, unleashed a torrent of uh, nerd chat on <laughs> Facebook. <laughs> that fleeting reference I made to Dungeons and Dragons, people got just fired up. <laughs> you know what's funny? I when I was in school, there was a uh, um, at Michigan State. There were tunnels, heating uh-huh. tunnels everywhere underneath the underneath the the whole school. Yeah, and and Michigan State has one big centralized campus. Right, and it's and it's big. I mean, it's you know mile square, probably two two mile three mile square something like that. Uh-huh. And uh, and it's all heated. All the buildings are all heated from one place. Yeah, the steam tunnels. Yes. Yeah. And and nobody really realized that we had access to the steam tunnels. <laughs> and I, now I, I was never, and I really don't even know how to play Dungeons and Dragons. I never did, never have, and sorry about that. Never did, never have. But when I was in school, there was a fair number of guys that were playing that. Oh, cool! And they were they were actually playing it, and they were like playing it in the steam tunnels too. Okay, so they were there was LARPing. part of they were what is it called? <laughs> Live action role playing, LARPing. <laughs> okay. that's that's like uber 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 like terrible geek stuff. Like okay, <laughs> that's like well, you know the were... guy that was walking around with like the loincloth and no underwear. Yeah. Like they do that kind of stuff. Only they well, like like pretend they're like rescuing princesses and crap. Oh, it was it was hilarious. We would go <laughs> down there and and we'd be and and you know, we didn't we didn't raise hell with them. We just kind of were laughing at the what they were doing. Right, yeah. Um and and it was what made it funny was they they had things in places that you you're like, how the hell did they get a table in there? <laughs> you know, there was there'd be like a room that you you could only get in if you like turn sideways and and kind of shimmied between the pipes and stuff, and here they had a big table and some chairs back in there, and you're like going, "What the how the hell did they get those in there?" Yeah, you know. And that, but that's what they were doing, and uh, there was actually a kid was one of the young geniuses that went missing, and he was down there for like two months. Huh, rotting or something? No, no, he was alive. He oh. was still alive, but he was. They were playing that game, and and he uh, got way into they just it. Got, yeah, they just got way into it. And like I said, he was like one of those eleven-year-old <laughs> genius guys. Yeah, and and uh, everybody just kind of lost lost track of him. It was it was pretty wild. Well, so so um, one of the discussions was, you know, because it, it turns out like a huge number of people that are you know into the outdoors thing played that when they were a kid. And also, uh, there's this other, it's like a card game, Magic the Gathering. And somebody was commenting... <laughs> now, my kid used to play Magic. That's fun. I play that with my kids today. Yeah, like, no, yeah. I, I, I never did. <laughs> it's a, well, yeah, but I mean, I played it in college. Because when, when it first came out, like the first day it was out, it was in my college. Yeah. Like, and that's like, you know, I didn't have any money for booze and stuff, so... Like, pretty much, like, we'd sit around and just play cards and crap, and usually we'd play, like, Pinochle or something or 500 or whatever, and then out comes this, like, Magic the Gathering game that's, like, if you ignore all, like, fairies and monsters and all that gobbledygook nonsense and just enjoy the mechanics of the game, it's, like, awesome. 
but <laughs> but the thing is, it's got all these like fairies and crap in it that annoy me. But it, the mechanics of the game are gorgeous. I was playing chess. Yeah, I wasn't smart <laughs> enough for chess. Like I could chess. never play that game. Really? I played a little bit, but I I just got too impatient and. Yeah, no, I love that game. Yeah, it's a it's a fun game, but I wasn't any ever any it, good at it. I it was funny because I played I played that with my youngest my oldest boy quite a bit when he was growing up and uh-huh. and uh and I would always like I would take it easy on him, you know, and I wouldn't beat his ass or nothing like that and yeah. and um so I think it was last summer he was up with the grandkids and him and I were outside. We ended up playing like three games on the picnic table, drink, drinking scotch and smoking cigars. Oh, God. And, and um, he almost beat me. <laughs> <laughs> almost. I was like, at first game, I was like, you know, taking it easy on him, you know, thinking that he hadn't been practicing. But he must have been practicing because he became um, quite a bit better than he was. Yeah. So, so I... Uh, I had to unleash on him. I was. You had, <laughs> I was to, you had to go Casper off on him. Yeah, 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 it was it was awesome. We had a, we had a good time though. I love, I do love that game. I don't play it as much as I as I would like to. Um, one of the things that that everybody plays up here is, uh, oh, what the hell is it called? Cribbage. Yeah, I love cribbage. Cribbage. I, cribbage I play is that a, all the time. Is yeah, and I never, um, I never learned. Never yeah, learned how to love play cribbage. That game. It's awesome. Yeah, you can and, bet on it and everything, and it's it's yep. a great game. Euchre, yeah. I played a fair amount of euchre. Yeah, um, that Pretty was always, a, always that was always a fun game. That was always a fun game. Now the neighbors driving in, and that's why the dog's barking. We have to chop that out because <laughs> I'm not gonna be able to stop that. There, now they're done. Um, but th- that's a, uh, um, fair amount of people play Euchre up here too. You yeah. Know, Saturday night Euchre tournaments, that kind yeah. of stuff. Wisconsin's and, huge on that too. Yeah. yeah. Beer drinking and Euchre. I, I don't know. You know, we used to play in college quite a bit and we always played by the rules. Well, we, we had games that would run for like three or four days straight. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, and that people would just come and go as they needed to. And someone else would always, you know, sit down in the spots. It yeah. was funny. Well, and that's that's why you know I I was saying like I I love cards always have mm-hmm. and and uh, that Magic the Gathering is just is a card game but it's got different mechanics and it's it's kind of a neat thing so I play that with my kids. Do you, but, now do you do you roll dice with that too? Don't you? No, you don't. No, nope. that's it's that's a, not one that you do. No, nope. but the um, but uh, somebody was saying, well, geez, you know, we should play Dungeons and Dragons or Magic at PWIP, and I'm like. You realize that that would be problematic, right? <laughs> and they're like, "Well, why?" And I'm like, "Never mind. <laughs> you go ahead. <laughs> we'll have a we'll have a separate gathering for that." <laughs> Early on in the PWIP thing, um, one of the one of the guys that was, uh, and I, I to be honest, I don't remember who what his name was. But it was, and he still goes. I mean, it's not something that that I scared him off when I said this. <clears throat> we were talking about, you know, things that we do to get ready for this, and things that we do to get ready for that, and uh-huh. and you know, for the zombie apocalypse. You know, that was the, the buzzword. And, <laughs> right. And I said, I said, see this camp right here? See these guys around this camp right here? Uh-huh. We're gonna be marauders, and we're just gonna <laughs> kill you and take your. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> That's what our plan is. That's what our plan is. We're just going to kill you guys and take your shit. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Which is totally not true. No, but, um, yeah. We're nonviolent folk. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm a very nonviolent folk. Well, so anyway, um, I was uh, listening to the Gear Geeks live podcast. Oh yeah, which, uh, I'm gonna part I, I'm gonna be on that um, this Saturday. I don't know when it'll be released, but I know they want you to come on too. But I think uh, this this one's for me, and so we'll, we'll give them a shout out. But anyway, they had this guy from Kershaw on there who really really seemed to know his stuff. Um, it's Thomas Welk is the guy's name. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, anyway, he was on, and they talked about um, all the different models and what sells for them and what doesn't. And um, the main guy, Anthony, uh, who's the kind of the head of the podcast, he did a review on the Kershaw Cryo, and he didn't like it. And if you do a Google search for Kershaw Cryo review, he's he's like the number one hit, and so Kershaw's all mad <laughs> because he just What's- bashed it. Um, it's like a it's like a thirty dollar frame lock folder, right? So it's actually like for thirty bucks to be able to put out a a frame lock is like pretty amazing. Um, but so he and uh, Anthony went back and forth a bit on that, and um, so what didn't he like about it? I didn't hear. Well, you'd, read you'd have to yeah, just just read it. He 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 has some good points. My my point. Um, I've emailed back and forth with them before. My point is that, um, you know, $30, when, when I was a kid, right, uh, one, of the f- one of the first knives I bought, like, with my allowance money was a $20, like, teeny tiny little Gerber with a lock back on it, and it had a plastic frame and, mm-hmm. like, maybe an inch and a half blade, and I paid $20 for it. Yep, that right? was a, and probably that was, something designed by... Um, uh, Oh, for the love of God. I just said his name the other day. I was talking to somebody about collaborations. Yeah. And I, and I, I, I oh, Blackie Collins. Okay, yeah. So it, anyway. It probably I've, was a Blackie Collins design. And I still like that knife. And I even bought, I, I, they're so cheap now that I'll just buy them and give them to people. Like, I, my wife carried one in her purse for a long time. You know, I, I don't know whatever became of that. Now, now I got her, uh. Uh, one of T.M. Hunt's um, little necker knives with a mm-hmm. pink handle that she really likes. And I made mm-hmm. her a pink Kydex sheath with a skull on it. <laughs> That's cute. But um, anyway, so, you know, this is like the early 80s, and $20 back then was a lot of money. And I paid $20 for a little tiny little knife with a plastic handle. You know, and, and now it's 2013, you know, 2014 now, but 30 bucks for that amount of engineering... I mean, it, I don't. I have a hard time finding a lot of fault with that, but you know, he's he tends to be pretty picky. Well, you know what's what's funny about this knife, and and I, I, I agree with you as far just by looking at it, it looks like a decent piece. For for that kind of money, I don't know how you go bad. Uh huh. That being said, one of the one of the interesting things is they they have their lock bar springing the the other way. Okay, and that's um, see that. Oh yeah, so so they they machined it so that yeah, and then there's no stop pin on it. And I think that was one of the points that showed right. up. Right, and in see that review. see that thing below the below the clip. Yeah, on the, pin, on the lock side. Uh huh. That is a uh, that's a stop. That stops the the lock from flipping all okay, the yeah. way open. 
Okay, open. so I see it now, yeah. That, so they do have a stop pin on there. Well, yeah, but it, but they do it that way because, because... And those stop pins are because they they don't want to engineer it properly, which would be taking that relief on the inside. Well, yeah, and and, and because they, the other thing is is that they don't want to turn... They don't want to machine a part and then have to turn it over. Right, exactly. And, and the guy was saying that there's like... just Just in each one of those, there's like three hours of machine time to make one of those. Yeah, probably. You know, three Which, three freaking hours of machine time a, plus decent a, steel for $30 is pretty that amazing. That surprises me that they can sell it that cheap, except for the fact that it's all made in China. Yeah, well, in, anyway, he was saying that's their number one seller, and he was like, um, the Thomas Walk's point was, well, that's our number one seller. It can't be wrong. And so what, what Anthony should have said was, well, I'm sure the... The Bear Grill stuff is like the number one selling knife in the world. So if the number of sales is indicative of quality, then obviously that's the best knife ever made. <laughs> you know, yep. that, that's the counter to that argument. But I, I've never held a cryo, and as it turns out, I'm never going to. Um, <laughs> so one thing he did was ask a uh, question of Thomas Welk as to whether or not they were ever going to make a left-handed frame lock. And you'd have to listen to it for yourself, but he he basically said no. Uh, did, did you write this quote down? Yeah, I did. So here's the quote. So, <laughs> so first of all, he said, and you can listen to it at an hour and 35 into the podcast, um, the latest podcast from Gear Geeks Live. And anyway, he he said, well, we've... We've tried them in the past, and uh, you know they just don't sell, and it's a, and and that's a very valid reason. Like if you yep. if, if and, and again, like I'm not going to make a hundred of a knife if I can't sell a hundred of them. Right. You know I'm not in the business to lose money, and neither is Kershaw. You know. But then he See, says, I think, I think part of that was somebody, and I don't remember which company did it, but they were they were setting aside like like six percent of their production going to left-handed knives and they did that for a short period of time and they realized that oh holy shit, we're not selling that you yeah know, we, we have we have this group of people that are extremely vocal and come to find out you know they're supposed to be representing six or ten percent of the population well they're yeah and they didn't buy the knives they didn't buy the knives yeah. but um you know ken onion um made the made the random task in left hand Mm-hmm. And that's still one of my all-time favorite knives. And mm-hmm. someday I'm going to meet the guy. And you don't know tell Ken? Him, no, I've never met him. Like, uh, but I, I definitely want to meet him. He, Ken I is mean, a good guy. He used to be an underwear sa- uh, model. Really? No. Jeez, <laughs> I was going to say. He, what's he doing making knives if he's got he, that he makes looks? He makes awesome knives. Yeah, he he makes, you've seen his he, like, he custom does a, stuff is and amazing. He, and he does a... He does a um, uh, he does a thing f- with um, Healing Hearts. Uh, what the heck? American Healing Hearts. It's like a uh, for wounded warriors. Okay. And they do hunts. They do okay. hunts up in Alaska. They do. They take people fishing. That kind of stuff. That's kind of his pet project. His. Um, he donates quite a bit of time and and knives and stuff to them to give out to guys. Yeah. It's 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 a good organization. And it's one of those organizations that nobody administering it makes any money. It's not like they're making wages off the place. They're all of the donations go directly to 
particular hunts that they're going on. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. But, yeah, it is. But so anyway, Thomas Welk, he says they're never going to make them because they made them for like a year and they just lost a ton of money, which I completely understand. And then he goes on to say, um, and here's a direct quote. Here it is. It's starting now. I had heard this fact, you know, fun facts with Thomas. I had heard this fact, whether it's true or not, I'm unsure, but in Japan, and Kai is a Japan, a Japanese-owned company, um, that when the children are born and they're showing left-handed tendencies, they correct them. So there are no left-handed people in Japan. I don't know if that's true or not completely, but it's a story that I've heard. I'm passing it along here, and then some of his words were obscured because Anthony was laughing. And <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, to come up with a left-handed knife, I think um, Mr. Igarashi might look at me kind of funny, like, uh, there are no left-handed people. <laughs> so, so, actually, as it turns out, like, not only did they lose money, but there's some weird Japanese thing about, like left-handed people so <laughs> i guess you, i won't be looking for any left-handed knives from them do you which of course that? means i, I see, am I no longer interested in any, any of their knives because yeah. what the hell I, i'm not going to pay money for something that it you know is not functional for me now that being said i think that this cryo has the clips reverse on both sides, right? And, and, and I appreciate and he, that. And he, and he did say that they were they were trying to make them lefty friendly. And I, um, I appreciate it, but honestly, like, there's enough people out there. Like, here's one right now, um, DPX Hest 2.0. So here's a frame lock. Um, Dude, he's selling 300 of those. Yeah, but it's got it's a lefty frame lock. Yeah, but he's selling 300 of them. That's that's the part you got to get your head wrapped around. Right, but he's we're talking about a company that's that's that is gearing up to make th and how much is that knife? Two hundred and uh, this this one I, I I'm not sure. I think it's not quite two hundred bucks. You get it for on Blade and, HQ. And, and you're talking about a uh, um, you're talking about a company that makes a gazillion and a half knives. The only reason they could make a knife like this is because they made a gazillion of them. Yeah, for and sell it for well the. Uh, on the Kershaw site, that so MSRP must be forty nine ninety five. Right. So you're right. On the streets, you probably you're looking at thirty one bucks, thirty two bucks, mm -hmm. something like that. Okay. For them to make a frame lap flipper with the, that's assisted opening and sell it for forty nine for fifty bucks MSRP, mm -hmm. you have to make a gazillion of them. Understood. Yeah, so, and I'm, I, again, I'm not arguing with the economics of it. I'm just not going to bother watching their lineup anymore because he's told me that they're not going to. Well, they're no, not going to do it. Yeah, but they're just not going to make. He did not say that. He said they were. No, not he said make absolutely lefty. they're not making left hand a left-handed frame lock flipper. Right, and they're he was unequivocal about that. Yes, they, and, but he did say that that they were making left-handed. See, one of the things that that. Me as a left-hander, I tend to embrace maybe more than a lot of other left-handers. I say, "Fuck you, people!" I can do it both ways. Well, I don't me have too, to but... do it. I don't have to have it specifically left-handed. And and you know what? When I'm punching somebody in the head, they don't even see the left hand coming <laughs> because they because they have no idea that I'm left-handed. And that's and that's the that's the part that you know we need to 
partially embrace our past when it comes to that, that we were assassins and, and, and we, were, we were thrown out of everywhere. If we were left-handed and we were in Europe during the Dark Ages, we were killed. Yeah. I mean, we've come a long way since that time. <laughs> yeah, well, listen, listen. You know, I, I just, uh, you know, I don't, I mean, I don't care. It's an economic decision, and they can do what they want. Um, but, you know, I know now that they're not going to make a left. That was that was my only question. That's my only point. So now I know not yeah. to watch for it. If you're selling to the knife community population, it's a whole different world than selling to the masses. Right. And, and, and I think that that's the difference. Kershaw is a company that, that takes designs that are effective in the knife community. I have to turn that TV off. Hang on one second. All right. Um, so what, 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 the difference between the knife community or the knife, you know, when I say the knife industry, it's not just the people that are gathering every sharp pointy instrument that they can find right the knife industry includes the the hunters the fishermen the explorers the um i mean do you think for one minute that victorinox the the company that makes the most of the folding knives in the world would make an exclusively left-handed knife uh i don't know their you stuff carry, is you their stuff one. is their stuff is pretty adaptable though. Yeah, but the nail nicks are on the wrong side. What do you mean the nail nicks? The nail nicks on the on the blades are all on the wrong yeah, side. Yeah, that's we're talking about different things. <laughs> it, what I, what but what I'm saying is there's two different there's two different measurements here. When you talk about the numbers that Kershaw is, they're selling to the knife community and they're selling to everybody else. Right. Well, they're they're a nine hundred million dollar company. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. so when they make a decision, they have to make a decisions based on what sells and what doesn't sell. Yeah, I'm. Listen, I started and, off and by saying yeah. I would make the same decision. All I'm saying is, I don't give a shit about their stuff anymore because they're never <laughs> going to make anything that that is. Uh, yeah. So I just have moved on. Is all. <laughs> uh, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with saying it's, that? It, there's like, nothing. Right. There's nothing. They 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 at one point made a left-handed knife that I liked. I still own it, uh, and I will still keep it. And I'm never going to sell that. Um, but they have now declared that they're not going to. So I have no interest in them anymore. Yeah. It's it's over. Well, I, you know, I, I they're just never going to make one, and that's fine. I listen. It's economics. That it's too small of a market for and, them, and I and, understand that. And to be honest about it, I don't even know. I don't even know how. Um, a company like Kershaw can say never. That's the part. This uh, guy, the whole thing the, that he was saying. Well, it, the and other, I heard, and I heard him say that. But I, for 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 a for a company guy to come on to a, a uh, and put it out there to the public, and he says we'll never do that. That's so absolute. You know, it's like yeah. you go to a car dealer. You go to a car dealer and you say, "What's your bottom dollar on this?" And a car dealer will never tell you a bottom dollar mm-hmm. because. If you turn and walk away from that bottom dollar, then all of a sudden your word doesn't his word doesn't mean anything because mm-hmm. he gave you a bottom dollar and you guess what you got it better than your bottom dollar you 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 as you were walking away he said oh wait a minute let me talk to my manager and I get another number 
So now all of a sudden the bottom dollar isn't the bottom dollar anymore. So yeah. so it's like those guys are trained not to not to say things like that. Well, he, and I'm surprised he did confess. that he used that he, he used that absolute. If if you listen to the whole thing, there's a lot of things he said in there that probably if I were a higher up in that country, company, I would have some issues with. Um, yeah. Number one, attributing attributing an idea to your um, boss that you know left-handed people should be quote unquote corrected okay maybe that's not the smartest thing for the director of sales and marketing to be saying about a 900 million dollar company because then that raises the question and listen i don't care i don't consider being left-handed a disadvantage no and we six six of the last 12 presidents of the united states the most powerful men in the world were left-handed okay there's nothing wrong with being left-handed i don't care but but what where you get into a slippery slope is if you're saying well um, people can be corrected of an inborn trait. What other inborn traits can we think of that other countries correct? Okay, what happens? Why does ha- Iran have no homosexuals? According to their president, they don't have any. Why? Because they're they, they, corrected. They, <laughs> and and if it's okay to correct left-handed people, what else does Kershaw think it's okay to quote unquote correct? You know that's that's what I'm saying is like he said a lot of things in there that that and then you, you know that's just one example. You know you yeah. have your director of sales and marketing saying stuff like this that it's a 900 million dollar company. This is not um, Ted's grocery store, okay? Right. Like if Ted's grocery store says something like that, it's one thing. But if if a 900 million dollar company has a PR guy that is not smart enough to avoid that topic, you know. What's going on here? Well, and I, I think and then he, I, then he went on and trashed, you know. And I, I've never met Cliff Stamp, but but like he he basically made all kinds of snipes at Cliff Stamp, and it's like, dude, you're a nine hundred million dollar company. What the hell do you care about one guy on the internet? And why are you going to sit there and like trash one guy? Yeah, I mean, he what, did. He I did laugh when he said something about the internet. We are the forum weenies. <laughs> yeah, well, he, he apparently there's some big drama between them and Blade Forums because I know they quit Blade Forums. I I don't know what that's all about. But well, I, listen, I I've been around a lot, yeah, and and I do know, and you know, having knife forums, I've been, you know, for 15 years, I've been, I know what that's like, yeah, and what that world is about, and what what it's like, and and it's a it's it's enthusiasts. It's a group of people that are enthusiasts, mm-hmm. and most of them, most of the knives that are sold to this group of people never get used. Yeah, well, I mean I, that, that's a that's a that's a you know, and I'm not saying it's good, bad, or different. I mean, they're collecting them, they're buying, they create the secondary market, they do a lot of things like that. But the but the I mean, if you all you have to do is look on the forums and see how many knives are are not used in you know for sale in the for sale section. Unused in box. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. And you know, they're like these crazy I, awesome knives too. Uh, yeah, and you know what? I mean and you know, that's fine. I mean yeah. it, it's 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 fine. That's you can go and it's not just knives, it's you can go on the damn on the on light car uh, forums, forums, AR forums, all of Yeah, and you're and yeah. you're fine. I mean I remember I mean I, my rifle my my uh, uh my sniper rifle is is painted. Has paint on it. It's painted. It's all. It's it's got spray paint all over it, like skulls and whatnot. No, 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 oh. no. It's just like <laughs> like flat, 
colors. Hello you know, Kitty flat. and whatnot. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's got Hello Kitty all over the shit. Yeah. Anyway, the, and I was on. Uh, I'm trying to think of what. I, well, I think it was on gun forums actually. And I was watching, I was monitoring a, a conversation that was going on about um, people that were spray-painting ARs. Uh-huh. And, and this one guy was on there was like, oh, I would never spray-paint a rifle. Uh-huh. I would never, ever spray-paint a rifle. And he was just carrying on with his little rant about never, 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 never. And, and I was thinking, you know, here you got a rifle that in the desert shows up like a like a like a turd in a punch bowl because everything is like brownish brownish and you have something that's jet black yeah and it's like the only thing that sticks out it's like a jet black rifle <laughs> it's like come on dude you would paint it if you were in that situation yeah if you actually knew what you were doing <laughs> exactly yeah. and 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 that's a, and and i think that that a lot of times you get this you get these groups of people that are you know oh I can't ever, and you know, one of the my my moniker was always, uh, I make your collection more valuable because I use mine. <laughs> you know, because yeah. because uh, you know, basically, if if I have a knife, you know, and I was looking around for stuff to to give away, uh-huh. and, and I don't have hardly anything that doesn't look like this. All beat up and like you know, yeah. It's it's all you know. It's all the the black TIs all wore off it. The, I mean, it's the the clips are all scratched up and wore, and and because I don't have very many knives that are not like that, and I have one, a Randall Airman. <laughs> yeah, see, but but uh, back to what we were talking about. Um, when you're dealing with this group this group of people, and it's a wonderful group of people, but you just have to understand that this isn't the this isn't the masses. This is an inch, and and so it's allowed companies like um, uh, the Hest Folders, that company that make DPX Hest. Mm-hmm. It allowed companies like that to show up. Um, uh, Jeff Randall's company, mm-hmm. Ethan Becker's company, have mm-hmm. all flourished in that environment. Mm-hmm. Because they don't have to make more than three, four, five hundred knives of a, a particular model. You know, Mike's whole business is based on that. Yeah, uh, Bark Rivers, because he sells to these people that collect every one of them that he makes. Yeah, and it's and there's nothing wrong with that. It's it's just that when you try to interject and and have this group of people think that they are so influential that they're going to bring down a. Uh, how many seven hundred million dollar company? Uh, it's how, it's huge. He said it was nine a nine hundred million dollar nine hundred million dollar company because they're going to get together and do an internet, uh, you know, chimp scream, <laughs> and, and and nobody's going to hear it. It's like the mouse that roared. Yeah. Well, you know, and this and is and yeah, if, yeah, you know, and it's a different thing, and I I totally get his frustration with internet forums. Yeah, um, and, and, and you I, know, I, I probably wouldn't. I, I'm not invo- all that involved in forums myself for the same reason. You know, there's just no, they're just some some of the people are just different people. Right, and you know? and what I what I always said was, look, this is a pulse on on what's really kind of cool. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a group of people that that you can you can use to steer your business to the masses if you want. Mm-hmm. You you can utilize what they're saying, um, but. You know, even Anthony is a is a real steel geek. I mean, I don't know that much about. Oh, yeah. 
you know, yeah. a point of this, a point of that, a point of this. You know what? If if my knives are dull, I sharpen them. Mm-hmm. If they're if if I can't sharpen them, I put it away, <laughs> and I don't use it anymore. And and that's the and and you know I I mean I'm cutting stuff all the time. I mean I remember I remember giving my dad um, and I actually have the knife now. It's a, a 705. Um, and since my dad passed, I I kind of inherited it back. Mm-hmm. Uh, a 705 when they first came out. And uh, 705 Benchmade, which is the, one of the first early a- access locks. And I think it was it was one of the newer steels. And I don't remember if it was... I, I don't remember what, what steel it is, actually. But I remember how dull my dad got it. Yeah. Within the, <laughs> within the first, like, three months that he had it, uh-huh. he was saying, you know, this thing is dull, and I can't get an edge back on it. <laughs> and And so... If you have companies that are making their decisions based on somebody's impression of how long something holds an edge, what they they use it to open boxes and letters. Uh-huh. Um, most people that use knives don't just open boxes and letters. That's another thing I do is, but I have a letter opener that if I'm standing in front of the desk opening letters, I have a letter opener that I use. I have one made by Case, and it's awesome. Yeah, yeah, you know, and so <clears throat> my knives are used to strip wire. They're used to, you know, cut wood. They're used to notch things. They're used to cut rope. They're used to cut a lot of things. Right. Not just paper. And so when I, and that's why I don't, I don't bitch much about the different steels, except for the fact that when I can't sharpen something, mm-hmm. um, I, I get kind of pissy about that. Yeah. But, but. For the lion's share of my of my knives, um, I can't tell you that one thing holds an edge faster than another. When you can only buy another kind of steel on a custom high end six hundred dollar folder, and it isn't the price of the folder that's stopping me from buying it, but it's the fact that here you got some steel that I know damn well is totally unproven. Yeah, because nobody. Nobody is buying a six hundred or seven hundred or eight hundred dollar folder from some high end maker and using it and carrying yeah. it. They're just not doing it. So they got no baseline to say this holds an edge great. You're just it's all hearsay. Yeah. It's it's one hundred percent hearsay because you're you're expecting somebody that made the knife or ground the blade on a belt, um, you're expecting the response from him and 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 what kind of a how how hard it was to grind on a grinder is yeah. is a lot of times is what the test is for for how hard to, or how great the steel is and and I'm just not I'm just not there well, and and it's, then, believe me it's not the 600 or the 700 dollar folder it's not I mean I love the artwork I love the arts of it but it, but one steel to to make it worth so much more and say if for anybody to say Oh, you got to have an S30V blade over an S35VN blade. I'm thinking, you know what? It's it's not measurable the difference between those two. Yeah, things. and that's that's been my experience. That's why I'm not really a steel junkie, is because in my hands I have not really noticed that much of a difference between the different steels. And if you right. want to, if you want me to be honest, my favorite steel is 1095. 
Yeah. You know, I would take 1095 over just about anything. Yeah. You know, well, I don't know if I would do that, but But man, <laughs> properly heat treated I mean, I mean, like it's, when it's, I when I do the heat treat on my stuff, like that that uh that that parang of mine, you know, uh it, pretty much any of the knives I've made out of 1095 have been great, you know. And then the thing is if you've got this crazy steel that requires like a chilling step and then be held at this for this long, how do you know that the person that's doing that heat treat is actually doing any of that? You know, and and doing well, it properly according to spec. And 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 that's the whole point is when you you buy some of those some of these high-end beautiful pieces of art, nobody even wants to cut a piece of paper with them. Mhm. You know, I mean I I uh I have had, you know, I'm an A2 guy, I'm a D2 guy, and I'm a, um, I think I think uh, that's what these are, is D2. And D2 is awesome, too. Yep. I mean, I, I'm not arguing that, it, it, D2 that those, and, but and it's... D2 and 3V. Yeah, it's more expensive, though, the D2 and stuff. And then there's like there's like only one or two makers that are right. really making but good if you, steel. But if you're, um, I, I fall back to if your edge geometry's, proper if your heat treats done right it all is all the steels are pretty good yeah um you know and and i don't want to diss anybody that's you know that's into the latest and greatest you know it's it's eight pounds more steel i mean i i know guys are making knives that you know you say are you putting stag on that handle they're like why would i why would i do that Hmm. i i made my steel from scratch and and I'm making Damascus with meteorite and and sand from the Lake Superior shoreline. Why would I why would I lower the standards and put a piece of stag on the side of it when I should be putting uh wh- you know whalebone or uh um mammoth ivory or yeah. or something like that on it. Yeah. And and I and I I get it, you know. Yeah. I get it. I just it's just not it's just not uh um it's just not me. <laughs> Yeah, you I know, don't know, it's just it's just not me. I, I, you know, I've got I've got knives that have broken scales. I've got knives that, you know, I've got I've got knives that I've dulled that I had to sharpen and you know, and and bitched about the resharpening part of it. And um, which which by the way, uh, I haven't tried it out yet. I just received a uh, um, one of the new uh, work sharps that Ken Onion um, oh, cool. worked on and and are you. You have a? Do you have a work sharp? No, I I, I have that <coughs> Kalamazoo uh, belt grinder. Is what okay. I, that and stones is pretty much what I use. One of the, and for guys that are using knives that don't want to spend the money on a grinder, um, Worksharp came out with a tool a while ago, a couple years ago, because well, my dad's been gone now three years, two and a half years, and I gave him one, so it's probably, it's probably been out four years now. And uh, <clears throat> like I said, my dad was steel challenged. <laughs> um, he did not. He was old school uh, carbon steel blades his whole life, and he would take a case knife and wear it off to nub, you know, because he would he, that's he would resharpen it always. And and the minute he had some of the new steel knives, he was totally lost because you can't sharpen them that way anymore. Mm-hmm. And and um, and. and Maybe it's because we don't have the time to sit in front of a stone for hours on end and sharpen at nauseum. Mm-hmm. But um, 
and he would give the well that for one thing uh, the 705 benchmade was one of them that was like a big pain in the butt <laughs> to try to to try to get resharpened and uh I ended up taking it to Mike's and sharpening it on the on a belt grinder because I didn't have anything at the time. Well, when Worksharp came out with one of those, they sent me one and I I played with it and I really liked it. Yeah. And I ended up buying one for my dad. Mm-hmm. And uh, and after I gave it to him, I gave him a little quick lesson on using it and let him go through his paces. And I, we would go over there like and have Christmas dinner, have you know Christmas Eve dinner, and and go to cut something and his knives were freaking dull i mean i I mean i bought him a set of almar uh which are they were japanese um uh they were made in japan uh, Mm of the line of knives that almar had had and i think moki made them maybe hitori made them i don't remember but anyway um they were they were great knives nice wonderful pieces and they were dull i was like ah you know so anyway when i got him that all of a sudden, his knives became sharp hmm. because he was able to do it and and sharpen them and keep and maintain them himself. And they were always really sharp after he had that. So it was kind of one of those things that you say, you know, if my dad can do that and and really understood how the whole thing operated and it wasn't difficult and it was, you know, and at the time he was probably, I think he was like seventy nine or something like that when I gave it to him and mm-hmm. and um, you know it was a it was a, uh, a it was a real good deal and perfect for convexing, perfect for convex edges. You mm-hmm. know, if you want, if you get a regular, you know, if you're a guy that uses your knives all the time, you want to put a convex edge on it. Um, I had another buddy of mine, name of Gene Boyd, that used to do it by hand, and uh, he just sit in front of the TV set and just just strop his knife hmm. and and would put a convex on it by hand, and it was like oh. That's just, I don't have that. I can't sit still long enough to do that. Yeah, with the <coughs> so, mouse pad and the sandpaper yeah, oh, yeah, and all yeah. that. Yep, Crazy. yep, yep, yep. Yeah. And so when when this thing came about, it's like, wow, you can, I mean, you can actually do a lot of stuff with it. Hmm. So, so um, like I said, I just got one of the new ones in the mail uh, day before, well, it would have been New Year's Eve, I guess it showed up. And it was, uh, I think the difference is the, the belt is a little bit wider. Oh, that'll be it. nice. Yeah, so it's a, it's the same the same diameter belts, but it's a little bit wider. So anything that you have for the old one will work on the new one. Cool. But you can also put these wide belts on it. So I'm really looking forward to to uh, to putting it through its paces, and and I'm uh, uh, pretty excited about that. But um, once again, you know, my any of my S30V blades or any of those kinds of things now get sharp on one of those work sharps yeah yeah <clears throat> because i don't uh uh i don't i don't have the time to spend bringing a dull s35 vn blade back from, from yeah. being dull on a set of stones yeah it takes forever but, yeah uh, i don't have the i don't have the time or the patience to do that yeah uh, and, I, and i'm sorry if i insult you about the steel it's not it's it's trust me it's not personal I don't it, care. It, <laughs> no, but you know there there are people out there though that that take that that's almost like a religion. Well, and, the, the um, great, you know, more power to them. God love them. I know them. that. I I know that when you when you have some of these really really exotic steels and they say, well, the edge holding is this or that and the other. 
And you go, based on what? There's there's three of those knives made with that steel in it. What the hell is it? <laughs> Yeah, know? how do you know what, what, what is it that? Was? How do you know that that's what it what it's going to be? Yeah, you know, and there, and it's like a hand rub finish and stuff. And you're like, well, how did you get that hand rub finish on it if it's going to hold edge forever? <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Anyways, <laughs> anyways, let's move on. <laughs> we need to calm down. Yeah, calm your ass down. Yep, yep, yep. So what else is new? What else is going on? What? Uh, oh. Let's see, I've got bacon hanging, I've got a dried beef hanging, and I've hmm. got two capicolas in the fridge curing right now. Hmm. So, yeah, it's, this is the time of year to do it because the, I just, the I just cool. made some ba- I just made some back bacon, and I think I'm going to try. My pantry is 60 degrees, and you were saying that 60 degrees is a good temperature to hang that at? Uh, yeah, a lot of people. That's uh, a lot of the so- a lot of the fermented sausages are made at sixty, fifty five and, and sixty. What I thought, what I think I'm going to do is uh, I'm going to get I'm going to make another batch of back bacon, and I'm going to lightly smoke it. Okay. And then I'm going to hang it. Sweet. And I'm going to and I'm going to see if I can uh, uh, how that works as it dries out. Okay. Because that should be that. I mean, that should be really. Like exceptionally good. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, m- making your own uh, home cured meats is fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, what else have I got going? Oh, I, this weekend I think I'm gonna make an igloo. Oh, is do you have a snowbank of, of we, hard no, pack? No, actually, or? actually, no. That I have an igloo maker. It's a tool. I can't. I. Yeah, it's one of those things. I'm not gonna remember the name of it, but if but. It's it's comes from out west, and it has a pole, and you have like a little. It makes like a continuous layer, uh, a continuous block of snow in a circle. Yeah. And what you what you do is you pack down your your snow, and it takes the the right kind of snow is the kind of snow that we have. It's not something you can do every year. Yeah. Because the snow is so dry, somehow or another, the crystals interlock. Yeah. Very well. And and once they get set up like that, uh-huh. they'll be all winter long, and they're real strong. And uh, so the blocks are like six inches. I think it's like six inches by uh, maybe a foot uh-huh. thick. Yeah. And what you do is you start with a pole, and you go around, make your base. Uh, first, the first thing you have to do is you have to dig your tunnel underneath. Yeah, you want a cold well in there. Yep. Yep. Exactly. And then. Um, you put a piece of board over the top of the cold well so mm-hmm. that when you, you can build this thing uh, around it. And yeah. you, you go all the way up to the top. And, and as you progress, you make like three layers at this length of pole. And then you shorten the pole a little bit. You do three layers. Then you shorten the pole a little bit. And, and pretty soon you just close up the top. Yeah. And, and you can build a dome that's like, um, I think the, at the big settings, the, the dome is like seven or eight foot in the center. Hmm. So wow, you have to have like crazy. a yeah, you have to have like a like almost like have a ladder on the inside to finish it because it's because it's so hard to to uh, get up there. Yeah, you know, and so you have to make your well big enough that you can get something you can get a ladder up in there. Well, the way the way <laughs> I've done it is um, you have to go to a place where snow is banking, yeah. like where drifts are forming, and a lot of times if you have a big drift, that's the snow to use. Right, because it's right. it's packed in there real well, 
And yep. I've I've done it just with a with like a folding saw, you know those yeah. just a, a saw blade, like from one of those cheapy folding saws, and I've done it that way. Yeah. Um, well, this thing this thing is actually there. There's like they make whole villages out west. Wow. And where where like you know it's like the party like everybody's they go on BLM land I guess or they yeah. they go up in the mountains somewhere and they snowmobile up and they literally build a big community every year and they smoke all this pot and, up there well I don't I don't know what they <laughs> get do they party up there and they ride around and they ski and they snowshoe and okay. they but they literally have a big community cool. of of these of these big igloos that they build every year and it's pretty cool I'm yeah uh, for next time I'll have the name of the thing but the conditions have to be right, and it has to be the the right kind of snow, and and for it to use this tool, yeah. And once you once you do it, you get you get a structure that'll last all winter long. Yeah. And like I said, they, these guys build like huge ones. Like, yeah. You know, like a whole family goes and stays yeah. in one. It's like their winter cabin. Yeah. It's so pretty, we're so pretty we're gonna. Sweet. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna try our hand at that this weekend and see. It, it's if we it's actually go. if you build the cold well, um, it it's actually fairly toasty in there. Yeah, yeah. No, it, well, it's fairly it's, nice. You put it put it in perspective. It's if it's eighteen below outside and it's thirty two degrees inside, that's like a heat wave. <laughs> yeah, I mean you're you're plenty comfy in there. Yeah, and yeah. I guess I guess you can heat them with a candle. Yeah, I guess you can raise the temperature up like like up into the forties with a candle. Yeah, pretty easily. And yeah. uh, and and to do so, um, I guess the way they're designed, they end up they end up forming a sheet of ice on the inside or something yeah and then you're then you're set yeah then, then it's going to be like super airtight and insulated yep. and yeah yep and then the snow just falls on the top of them and then yeah then you're never, good to go you that'll last forever at least until yep. spring but then yeah the the trick with an igloo is finding the right snow and if you if you're in a if you ever have to build one for our at-home listeners just go to a place where there's a big drifts and use the snow from the drifts to create it and in fact um, you know, if the drifts are high enough and big enough, just build your igloo into the drift itself so that you yeah. automatically have, like, a windbreak and all that. Yeah, and that's what we used to do when we were kids. Yeah. We used to do that kind of stuff all the time. But this thing is not is not like that. Huh. I mean, it's, I mean, it's the same kind of snow, but you actually, you actually put a light. When you put it in this form, you actually push it. And it and it locks the snow together, so you get the same uh-huh. the same kinds of. But it has to be the right snow. It has to be that light, real light, fluffy, uh, dry snow stuff. Yep. Well, it's 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 got to be dry. Cool. It's got to be dry, and that's the whole key. If you yeah, once you, once certain, you get to that thirty-two be below, degrees, yeah, yep, has to be below a certain temperature in order for an igloo to work, or at least the yep. construction of an igloo to work. Right. Right. And then once you get it constructed, it can go up warmer. But yeah. Um, and they usually go away about forty degrees. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Once once you hit forty degrees, they start melting. <laughs> That's fun. <laughs> Be inside yeah. there, all wet and humid and nasty. Oh, and yeah. Miserable. Yeah. I wish I had a bunch of um, furs. I would put furs all over the inside of it and just have like a little harem in there. Yeah, like yep. rugs and stuff. I could be like Jabba the Hut. Yeah, like that, and we'd meet a <laughs> Princess Leia and all that. Yeah, I don't think my wife would go for that collar around the neck thing. No, yeah, mine neither. She, She's a little <laughs> sensitive about that. Yeah. <laughs> and I sleep, I sleep like a baby, real hard. I'm a real hard sleeper, so she could get 
like she could do a lot of damage to me before I'd wake up. Yeah, there's a lot of knives around. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. There's this character exactly. named John Wayne Bobbitt. <laughs> yeah. Just saying. <laughs> yeah. I remember when that happened. I remember the discussions about what knife she used. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, everybody was all crazy about it. Like Yeah. But, uh, hey, I got to I got to take a coffee break. Let me let's take two. Okay. Anyways, the uh uh What were we talking about? Oh, let's move on. We were talking about igloos. Now. What else you got going on? Uh, that's about it. I'm just what's you know when you do surgery what do you, what is the what's the blade steel on your little instruments uh, I don't know disposable <laughs> no they have um so you'll have uh, a uh, steel handle um, that a blade like and then you have disposable blades yeah and I've I've never seen what the steel is so it's not it's, really specified is it surgical steel. Well, I guess by definition, <laughs> I don't. I don't really know what surgical steel is, but the they it doesn't. It's a real thin um, blade, real real thin, and then it's got a real real uh, shallow grind on it. So it, it's like they're super duper sharp, but the edge is not all super durable. Do, do you do um, obsidian? No, I've I've seen it used, but I've never I've never had a use for it. That that back when I was in medical school before lasers went all crazy, some of the cataract guys, the old school ones, were still using the obsidian blades. So I've seen yeah. it, I just haven't ever used one. Speaking of uh old school, I almost went old school on a guy New Year's Eve. A couple years ago, I bought uh, a load of firewood for my sister for Christmas. Uh-huh. And while I was in the process, I said, you know what, just drop another load off at my kid's house. And so I paid the kid for both loads. I was, you know, it was Christmas, I was in the giving mood, you know. And right, right. Kid was kind of looked like a dirt, you know, kind of a dirtbag dude. <laughs> so he drops off my sister's load. Uh-huh. Fine, and it was nice firewood, mm-hmm. and uh, never shows up with my kids' load. Oh boy! But I paid him. I paid him for both loads. Uh huh. Never returned my phone calls. Never <laughs> heard from him again. You know, so <clears throat> about a, about two months ago, and and I only saw this kid one time, so I really didn't know who he was or anything. I heard. I learned a lot about him since then. Uh huh. So. About a couple months ago, I'm talking to one of the guys at the hardware store, and I I told him I was kind of looking for this kid. I knew he lived around here somewhere, but I didn't, you know, I didn't know where he lived or anything. And right. we have a, you know, I live in a kind of a small area, so I don't have a lot of, um, you know, most everybody, especially in the hardware, is kind of there's like two ga- gossip joints. Uh, one is the hardware store, our little hardware store, which is a nice little hard old school hardware store. Right. And and um, you know, it's family owned. And then the other the other place is the uh, little diner up the road. Yeah, and that place much, where we stop and they have the good homemade hash. Yes. Corned beef pre- hash people. Yes, and and pretty much uh, they know 
somebody in those one of those two places knows somebody if you're looking for. And and so <clears throat> I just kind of casually meant you know mentioned that I was looking for this kid and and uh, and lo and behold he knew where he lived and everything and so I was like oh so I was gonna drive out there but it was too far I was like yeah it's two hundred fifty bucks I'm not gonna drive out to his house and risk getting shot or you know or worse or going to jail over it you know so right right so I said uh, I said look I said if he comes in here call me I said I'll come down and give you a show. <laughs> And, and so the guy that I told that to, he's like uh, in his forties, nice, nice guy. He's probably I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can't get him to 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 um to go on one of our expeditions with us. I think he'd get a big kick out of it, and I, mm-hmm. we would we would actually enjoy his company quite a bit. I think because he's he's one of these guys that uh, that that does quote unquote experiments. Uh, he um, his freezer is filled with like. Deer brains for brain tanning. And oh, jeez! <laughs> one of those kind of guys makes his own shoes and oh, stuff. Oh man! And, you know he, he's a, and he's a nice kid, but you know it's he, he's funny. Nice uh-huh. guy. He's funny. Um, plays uh, plays the banjo and, and oh, that uh, right there is good for comedy. Yeah, yeah. He's 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 yeah, and he's a good kid. Just uh-huh. a real good kid. So, so I walk in New Year's Eve. Uh huh. And there's a. It was a fairly good sized crowd in the place, and and um, I noticed this guy at the counter. I kind of recognize him, but he's not wearing shitty enough clothes. Right. <coughs> so, and he's with this other guy that I don't recognize at all because I knew this guy's dad, and his dad was dying of cancer or something. I don't I don't remember what it was, but he wasn't real healthy, and he looked it. I mean, he looked like he was quite ill. So. Um, so the older fella, he leaves first and left the other kid at the counter. And, and it was like, that raised my awareness a little bit that, you know, this might be the kid I'm looking for. So as he's walking out the door, I looked at, I looked at Dylan and I said, is, and I kind of pointed at the door and I said, is that, and he's like, yeah, he says, I wasn't going <laughs> to shout it out that, Hey Jim, here he is. <laughs> so I ran out the door and cornered him at his, at the side of his pickup truck and I he didn't recognize me from Adam, <laughs> and I said, "Well, dude, listen, you owe me money, you or you owe me wood, or you owe me something for two years now." I said, "I'm I'm tired of waiting. I'm tired of you ditching me. Um, what do you got?" And uh, I said, "I I walked out here with I was going to beat your ass on my mind, <laughs> and and I." And I thought, you know, it might not be the best thing to give you, maybe give you a little bit of a chance to redeem yourself, and because that's deep down, that's the kind of guy I'm, anyways, you know. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> and so I said, but uh, he's like, I don't have your money, and I said, well, what do you have that I can take? I said, how about how about that coat? Give me your coat. What coat is now, he wearing? He's wearing a nice double Mackinac. That was why I didn't recognize him because he was wearing a coat that's probably, I'm guessing, was. If you'd have bought it new from Filson, it'd probably be a three hundred fifty, four hundred dollars. So coat. it's a it's it's the classic, um, the classic wool hunting like my, coat. Yes, yeah. but it's a double, but it's a double Mackinac. You can tell it's clearly not like a Woolrich from the sixties. Yeah. It is a it is a true double Mackinac jacket, which I have yeah. one. I know they're wonderful coats. Yeah, um, this, I've got this, one of those too. It's it's this pattern that I'm wearing. This, this yeah, I have um, that exact pattern actually. Yep. <laughs> yep. And so, uh, so he's he's like, man, it's cold. 
Uh-huh. And I said, well, you should have thought about that, you know. I said, how about <laughs> your chainsaw? I said, I'll take your chainsaw. It's like, well, I won't be able to make any money if I, don't, if I can't cut wood. I was like, how about if you give me your damn dog and I'll just shoot him right in front of you and then I'll be and then we'll be even. <laughs> and I was like, "Now nah, I'm I'm just kidding with that." I, he says, let, "He says, I, I, he says, I'll tell you what." He says, "Give me until Monday." He said, "And I'll he says and I'll have a check in your or cash in your in your mailbox on Monday." And so we we went inside and and uh, he wrote down my address and because he didn't know where I lived, he wrote down my address and my phone number and all my my vitals and and I said, "Look," and I said, "This time is a warning." This is this is a shot across your bow. I said, if on Monday there's no money in my in my uh, mailbox, I said I'll have your coat, <laughs> I'll have your chainsaw, and I will beat your ass. <laughs> I said I said I'm not sure what order it'll be in. I said but it but trust me and I and there was like five guys in the in the hardware store and they were just like laughing. I said, and, and I said, trust me when I tell you this. I have the ability and the skill set to take care of you. And I said, and and um, and I and and that's what I'm going to do. I said, you're not going to see me coming. You're not going to see anything. You're just going to just when it's all done, you're going to have no coat, no chainsaw, and you're going to be bruised up. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, and that'll be the end of that. And then you'll then you'll never see me again. So we'll have to have an update for the next yeah. podcast on whether yep, he paid yep. you or so, not. And then you so, gotta you gotta take that coat. Oh, I know. Because then so every time you wear it, it's gonna be like you know this big well, thing. What was what was funnier than hell was the Dylan calls his dad. His dad was in the back helping a customer, and and when I went out to his truck, Dylan Dylan yelled back, "Dad, Dad, Jim's gonna beat somebody's ass in the parking lot." <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So, so and he and so his dad walks up and he said and he said you know when you walk back in he said I was thinking what the heck I was taking odds he said I had you at two to one <laughs> that's funny uh, yeah but it was you know and and then after the kid left I was like you know I said the reality of it is he was stoned he probably wouldn't have felt anything yeah and my hands would have been sore yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh well, yeah. Anyways, on that note, um, any good, any other good stories you got? Oh, I don't have any like of those kinds. You, you, I, the only time I ever have to do anything like that is if somebody's. It's been forever since somebody's physically had a confrontation with me. But um, remember, remember there was a. I mean, I seriously, I haven't been in a fist fight in. I mean, like that kind of a fist fight in a lot of years. Yeah, I mean, it's I, been I mean, a, since a, a college. Lo- a long for me. time. Most of the time, most of the time, I don't. I, I mean, I have a gun on me most of the time, <laughs> so I really don't want to be fighting with anybody. Yeah, because, because then it, then it just escalates, you know, yeah. and then you've got to answer for, right? You know, so, having so a gun I usually, and all this. I, and, I yeah. truly usually try to avoid that stuff. Yeah. I mean, I really do, and um, but I always remembered. Back in when, uh, and, and these are probably before your time, uh, I was a big fan of the Happy Days. Yeah. When that, when that TV show was on TV. Yeah. And uh, and it and it cracked me up when uh, when the Fonz was having a discussion with uh, Richie about fighting. He was going to fight some guy. Mm-hmm. And he forgot the very important uh, 
at some point in time you had to have hit somebody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's like, Fonz, what the heck? That's like the that's like pretty important. Yeah. He's like, oh, I didn't even think about that part, you know. Yeah, yeah. At some point in time you had to have hit somebody <laughs> to be t- be considered tough. So. Well, my my thing is is uh, I did uh, from very young age. Like, uh, you're talking like four years old, judo, and then my judo teacher moved back to Korea, then I did taekwondo and wrestling all the way through. And the thing they teach is to the best way to win a fight is to avoid it. <laughs> and so I always, I always can manage to talk my way out of it. But there are times when people just are not reasonable and they're just looking for it and you know a lot of times thankfully i haven't been in that situation since college a lot of times the fights that i were that i was involved in i never really i never started them yeah um, because i never really ever went looking for a fight that's why i was never afraid about picking up a chair and throwing it at somebody because i figured i always i always live by this rule (laughs) if if i'm not if i'm not picking the fight which i which i didn't um Whoever was picking a fight with me thought that they could beat me because you would never pick a fight with somebody you thought was going to whip your ass. No, right? yeah. I mean, that's that's like one of those things. So so my thought was there's probably a pretty good chance he probably could whip my ass. <laughs> he sized so, you so, up anyway. <laughs> yeah, so it's a so it's a fair fight. Yeah. So he so it's not a fair fight from the beginning. So I just would use the chair to make it a fair fight, or use the beer bottle to make it a fair fight, or use the, you know. <laughs> use whatever. Yeah, use whatever. no, I, I, uh, I, uh, I never picked a fight, but I never lost one either. Um, yeah. And it was just, just because of, uh, you know, they just don't expect it. Because if you look at me, I'm a 98-pound weakling dork, you know, and they just have <laughs> no clue what, you know. And, and that's the way to be, is just not not be on anybody's radar because if you're some big guy with like rippling muscles and everything some i've seen it over and over again some some guy drunk guy in the bar is going to want to test himself whereas if if you just look like a dork like me you're nobody's going to mess with you because you're not they can't prove anything against you You is that my is that my dogs in the background no that's my kids are freaking out okay but hey i got a giveaway okay what do you got um well, I I gotta qualify this a little bit because remember how I say about stuff, most of the stuff that I have has been used as of some at some way. Right. Well, I've got this knife, and it's a it's a Kershaw Skyline. Oh, dude, those are awesome. This is a great knife. Mm-hmm. And I and I actually have two of them, and so I'm gonna give one of them away. But you know, I don't have one box. Okay. I don't have a, a box for either one of them, so it's not new in the box. It's not. The best I I don't think I've ever cut anything with this. Okay. Um so it's 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 relatively pristine. Uh-huh. Uh and it's for somebody that's actually going to use it. Uh-huh. And I think that what we should do is uh maybe somehow do the contest that somebody should have to post something about what they would use it for. Yeah, so so Jonathan Eldridge usually starts a thread for these. And so, if you're gonna win the knife, you gotta, you gotta say how you use it. Yeah, because because it's a and and we're gonna we're gonna basically randomly 
draw yeah. anyways. But it's but it makes for some interesting reading and some conversation. But yeah. Uh, but I actually, you know, this is this is a lot of knife. As I recall, this was not very expensive. Is that the flipper one? It's a flipper, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's made in the USA. Yeah, those skylines, they did a good job on those. And that's not a, yeah, that's a liner lock. Yep, it's a liner lock, and it's got G10 scales. Dude, is that left-handed? That looks like a mm. left-handed liner lock to me. Well, that's because you're looking at it in a camera. Okay. No, it's right-handed. And this is actually one that that's not drilled for both sides, so it's not you can't even you can't even carry it on your left on your left side. Hmm. So nope. it's this a, is a right-handed right-handed liner lock. It's the it's a spear point blade. It's actually a very very useful blade shape. It's a very you know it's got a nice deep choil. It's got a flipper on it. It's not an assisted opener. Um. But I don't have a box for it. And to be honest, I don't think I, I ever. I ever carried this one. I think I think this is just kind of kicked around in the in the drawer for a little bit. Yep. But it's a great knife. I have a I have a uh, one of the guys in our department carries one of these. That's cool. Uh, you know, for his everyday carry. You know, it's that whole it's that whole. He's not a knife nut yet, and <laughs> and this is what he bought. Yeah. You know, so I uh, I don't know where I don't know where these are available. <clears throat> who has them but i'm tell you it's it's not a for the money this is not a bad knife i want to say these are like only like 30 bucks yeah they're pretty cool that's a pretty popular knife for kershaw that that skyline but uh yeah the the becker you know necker made, went out today do you know who made so, this who i mean do you know who, no, who i don't designed, know who it? designed it i don't remember either maybe i can look quick a minute Well, all I know is it's a it's a lot of knife for the for the money. Yeah. I think I'm gonna try getting one of those cryo knives. Yeah, they're pretty cool. I I do have to say for thirty bucks, that's a pretty amazing knife. Duh. Yeah. Well, we we can't hold. Uh, you know. That I, I'm I'm pretty much pretty sure that uh, that 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 opinion that that fella has is probably not the corporate opinion. Uh, well, maybe maybe one shouldn't be drinking scotch and Irish whiskey by the glass <laughs> and going on a podcast. Maybe that's not the smart thing to do. I don't know. Maybe that's just me as a company owner. <laughs> if I had an employee that did that and spoke for me. I'm pretty sure that guy wouldn't work for me anymore. Yeah, but yeah. you know, actually, you know what? These are more expensive than that. This is a seventy-four ninety-five for retail MSRP. Yeah. So this is this is a made in the USA knife, though. Yeah, and I, I've said if I've said it once, I'll say it a thousand times. I'll pay more for something made in the U.S. Yeah, yeah. Just because then it goes to our guys, and you know, it's to me it means something. Doesn't to everybody? That's fine. To each their own. Right. <sighs> yeah. So we'll we'll do that. Get that squared away. And uh, so you're doing the you're doing that podcast on on Saturday day yep. tomorrow. I'm what time? To, well, I'm supposed to be on at uh, six fifty five my time seven or 
Yeah, seven fifty-five their time. So you can't. Um, you are you listening to the whole thing while you're. You you listen to the whole show while it's being recorded. Well, I'm then, I'm on the whole time. Yeah, I'll just be on Skype, kind of sitting there. And then they're going to introduce you at six fifty-five. Well, no, it's it's that's when it starts. I'm on from the very beginning. Oh, okay. Yeah, so okay. I'll be on for the whole show. But uh, and then you know he sent out a like a thing like a little scab sheet stuff they're going to be talking about and i'll have to look through some of that I, i'm not familiar with some of the knives that they're talking about but but uh well don't hurt yourself no yeah i'm going to be good and i'm i, I can tell you i'm not drinking a drop of alcohol within within 48 hours of either side <laughs> of that because man that guy i tell you what if any, if nothing else listen to that kershaw interview because that anthony guy being a lawyer and stuff knows how to question people and get them to open up. Like I've never <laughs> seen, I, I have yet to hear a better interview anywhere with anyone than the interview that he gave. I mean, it was yeah. awesome. He's yeah. like the Barbara Walters of the knife world or something. Like it's crazy. Yeah, he's got some articles in the knife journal. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's got one. He's got one in this issue coming out. Yeah. He's, he's pretty prolific. Yeah. You know? And the guy knows his stuff too, more so than I do. But he's yeah, he's real. Man, is he picky though? I'm afraid that he. I'm I'm afraid to have him look at one of my things when I get them made. He's gonna well, find everything know, wrong and, with and it. And there and there is and there is. Uh, I mean, I I appreciate those knives. Yeah. Um. And and I, I. But the point has always been to me that I love to use them. Yeah. And uh, I don't mind spending a sabenz, you know. And, and I think he used that in that. Uh, um, if it's sabenza quality, mm-hmm. I think he used that term while uh, on on that podcast, if I'm not mistaken. Um, you know, it's like the one. It's like if you judge everything compared to that. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, know, if, you don't mind. Yeah. You don't mind spending a certain amount of money for something that's that good. Yeah. But. We're of the same opinion on that. That's why every company releases their like Sabenza killer, because yeah. they know the Sabenza is the freaking benchmark. Yep. You know, if you hit yep. the benchmark, you know you done good. Yep. Yep. Exactly. And, and the other thing I would say I want to draw attention to the other reason I like Chris Reeves and the Sabenza is why he makes them left-handed. Yeah. <coughs> Did you know that your nerds in New York sell them? Oh, they do. Some, like mm-hmm. some special one? Like, no, they sell the regular Sabenza. Do they like mark it up and put paint on it and crap and sell it for 50% no. more? No. Huh. No, what was the name of that company? Best Made Hipster Stuff. <laughs> hipster Doofus. Well, I don't... I, no, the thing is, like, hipsters are not dorks. Like, they're very socially intelligent. And they're like very cool compared to like me, <laughs> so I'm like more jealous of them than anything, because <laughs> they could probably get, they probably like had luck with ladies and stuff, which I never did. <laughs> I married the first girl who dated me. <laughs> Way to go! <laughs> well, there wasn't well, ever going to be another was, one. And at that time, she was what twelve? No, 11? she was. And we, then you we were eighteen. Molded molded her up so that she can tolerate you now. Well, we actually that this is I am going to tell one story real quick. So I was, you know, I play the drums, and back then I was have pretty heavily into skiing, and I broke my collarbone skiing doing something 
pretty stupid involving a cliff. And uh, I still had to be able to play the drums. Um, and so I would have to, because I was in the high school jazz band and we were going to all these contests and this and that, so I had to uh, take Percocet while I was there. Ooh. And all of a sudden it like mellowed me out. Like so... I went from, you know, ADD, like, complete dork wad to just, like, sitting and, like, chilling, you know. And so my wife comes on, and she's going to be the guest singer for the jazz band. And I'm just completely, you know, I weigh 120 pounds taking two Percocets. So you can imagine. <laughs> I'm just completely stoned to the bejesus. And it, I, was, I was that way for two weeks. And she was, you know, with the band for, like, two weeks. And she, like, liked me. You know, like, and so, like, that's how we, like, actually met. Like, it, it took me being, like, drugged to attract a woman. So I knew it was yes. never going to happen again. <laughs> and plus, I liked her. Lightning wasn't going to hit strike twice, eh? No, God, no, man. Women look at me and they, they run. Like, I, I have funny. no luck with them. Never that's have. Like, okay, so, so this Best Made has got, they sell Lyules. They sell a sodbuster by Case. Case sodbuster. Yep. They sell a sodbuster by. I think it's a Case. Huh. I don't know the sodbusters. They all look alike, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's a Case sodbuster. Hmm, they got. Good and taste. Uh, they sell a uh, Bear SMG uh, Barlow. Okay. Laule. They sell a Kiridashi. I don't know who makes that for them, but they sell a Canadian Lockback. Which I think is a Grumman Knives. Hmm. If I had to guess, I would say that's probably the brand it is. Yeah. Grumman Blades. Mm -hmm. Okay. And uh, they have a couple European. Um, hey, they got a Japanese hatchet right there. Yeah, yeah. And then they have a uh, hobo knife. They've got uh, some Japanese uh, steak knives. They got a cat knife. Cool. And then they have a buck 110. Very nice. What uh, Hipsters can't carry that. It's not expensive enough. Yep. Then they got a German locking blade, which those are kind of cool. They got a dock dock. Hmm. Anchor knife. I don't know who makes that. That's kind of a neat looking knife. Yeah, it looks like it's almost like a hawkbill pattern. And then there's a Sabenza, and they're not marking it up. That's crazy. Yep. That's pretty wild, eh? Yeah. Well, they have good taste in knives. Good God. Look at these things. Yep. And that's a and that's and that's my point. I, I you know what? I always wanted to have a website like this, uh -huh. where you absolutely were selling the best of everything that was, uh, no matter what it was, it was the best. Yeah. You know the and and you know more power to them. I have no problem. I don't know as I'd ever carry. I'd, I wouldn't mind having an axe case like this, the canvas axe case, uh -huh. but I sure as hell am not paying 110 bucks for it. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'd like to have that wool. I would love to have that wool pullover. I think that yeah. thing is so nice. It's not even funny. And I love wool. Ooh, I they, wool all the time. In their camp supplies, they sell a rectum-shaped brass stow capsule. <laughs> what? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> they have a brass stowaway capsule 
for when they, you know, go to hipster prison or whatever. Where, where's, where's it at? Go to camp Under supplies, what? and it's at the very camp bottom. Supplies. For for all they of your key string needs. Lighter. Oh, the brass stowaway capsule. Yeah, for for all of your keystering needs. Yeah, <laughs> that is actually a. Uh, what's interesting about that? That's like a K and M match safe. Uh huh. But this is a copy of it. I I'll bet. Okay. I'll bet you it's not. I'll bet you it's not a K and M. Hang on a second. You can tell. It's made in the USA. That's pretty cool. Then it then it is a K and M then. Then it is a K and M. Uh, you can tell by the, and I'm not seeing it on here, but you can tell by the Compass brand. Oh, okay. Because the knockoffs, which they sell a bunch of knockoffs. I have a couple of these that are aluminum. Okay. And I really like them a lot. I mean, they're they're real, they're very. I mean, they they are truly waterproof. Uh huh. And you put matches in there, and they they're they're truly. You know they're well made, yeah. And uh, <clears throat> they uh, another company they were selling them in. I th- I think they were selling them in Cabela's. And what happened was, um, Cabela's knocked them off. Oh boy! And Brunton started making them, and another other couple companies started making them, and so they. These, this couple said, oh, to hell with that. We're not making them. We're not dealing with that Compass company anymore. They're not dealing with And they now they use um, Suntu compasses in them. Wow. That's some high-dollar stuff to yep, be putting and in and they do, they do a really, really nice job um, with, with those match safes. They're a little aluminum. And they do make brass ones, obviously. You know who else makes a good match safe? Is uh, Exo Exotac? Yes. Yep. That that yep. thing is awesome. Now but, that's threaded, though, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. See, and this is not. No, it's got like a little cork, little cork thing, thing. with yeah, two O-rings. You know, just me, but I I notice a lot of times when you have outdoor gear like that that gets used and shit. Yeah, the threads get threads, bunged up. Threads get bunged up, and threads actually will hold moisture. Well, and the th- the threads on that um, Exotac are like micro, like you can't even see them. They're so fine. So yeah, oh, but, are they really that thick? Yeah, that but fine? I I don't I don't use like match safes. Um, I almost never have matches on me for some reason. I have a lighter. <laughs> I have na- napalm. Well, yeah, bush napalm. bushcraft butter. Yeah, yeah, yep. that's the good stuff right there. Yeah. Yep, it's not a joke. When you're in when you're in eighteen below zero and you need a fire, it's not a joke. <laughs> yeah, it's not. Bushcraft hey, wait, butter, bring me baby. <laughs> bring, bring me some of that. Bring me a, a couple sticks and I'll rub them together and see how long it's going to take my ass to build a fire out here. Um, no. Meanwhile, while you're freezing, now that's not happening. But I'm not going there. I don't want to start a fight. Yeah, right. Well, I don't want to start a fight. Anything else? I got nothing. I got nothing either. So they should. I'm, I'm they starting. Should, uh, I'm, I'm starting off on a new year, and everything's cool. And got the shot show coming up. Oh, That's cool. pretty awesome. When when is your grinder? He doesn't know when your grinder's going to be in. No, I doesn't know. So you haven't planned a trip yet? Uh huh. All right. So I and I probably won't be able to go to shot. 
but uh, I'll probably I'm gonna try to go to Blade this year. That'd be that'd fun. Be fun. To, that'd be real fun to go see. I have I haven't been since a couple years. Yeah. PWIP going? Yeah, I'm gonna try to make it this year for sure. Last year I was in Guyana or some yeah. some damn place. I don't remember where. What about but, uh? What about? Oh, excuse me. Our snowmobile trip. Yeah. That's going to be coming up the end of February. I'm ready. You just got to give me the dates, and we got to right. get our uh, we got to get our um, get our itinerary and our stuff reserved, and finally get a list of who's actually going. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so podcast listeners, if you want to go, yeah. <laughs> drop us an email. Yeah, it's not free though. <laughs> get on the list. Everybody's got to pay their way. <laughs> yep, get on the list. But I guarantee, I, I'm personally guaranteeing a good time. <laughs> yeah, and if you want to hear the if you want to hear the Duck Dynasty call uh, conversation, you got to go on that trip. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so I, I think people would be very surprised with what our take was on that. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. But uh, I'm I'm kind of glad we didn't air it because it all worked itself out anyway. Yeah. And it's gonna, and it's business. Yeah, that's all it is. It's you know somebody trying to make a statement, but let's not go there. Right, right. So, uh, <laughs> so that's it. You know, you find the forums, uh, uh, knifejournal.com. There's forums in there. We we respond to threads, and I look at it. You know, at least and every emails. other day. And yeah, you can email us podcast at knifejournal.com, and we actually do address them. And uh, oh, speaking of which, Murph sent um, something for our guys to check out, and I I did check it out. It's um, Southern Grind, and they mm-hmm. they have some pretty neat folders. Supposedly they're left hand friendly, but I I didn't have enough time to like get too deep into it. But I did like the look of their folder, and I like the look of their um, big Bowie knife because that's a that's a Marine Raider pattern. It's it's a little bit more aggressive than the Marine Raider pattern. Uh, in that it narrows down further than the Marine Raider does towards the Ricasso, but uh, it's still it's got kind of the idea. Pretty neat. Looks yeah, like, they look, do nice. They do nice stuff. They do a There's differential no... heat treat on that big buoy, so that's nice. Yep. But uh, well, that's all I got. Yep. And uh, well, let's sign off then, and and uh, tune in next time, and have a good time with us, and you know. We're just keeping on because of the no, because it's a, it's it's very entertaining for us to find out that you're actually interested in hearing what we have to say. <laughs> I, you know, I love that. I I really enjoy it. Uh, I enjoy our conversations immensely. Yeah, and I like it when somebody somebody sends an email that you know they listened to the last second because it was yeah. something that was brought up in like the last 10 seconds of the podcast. Yep. You know, you yep. know they're like listening and so that's that's really cool. Yep. That they're not and turning have, it off. I'm I'm surprised. I'm surprised at our numbers. I really am. Uh I didn't think it would take off that quickly. Yeah. Which is I mean it's it's awesome. I think it's it's really great. Um I know I know my uh my son, or my wife, one of the two, actually helped my mom download or set it up on her Kindle. Oh, nice! <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So now I got to keep it mom friendly. Yeah. Well, I'll have to be more aggressive with uh, honking out swear words and stuff. <laughs> but I'm sure it's nothing she it hasn't doesn't matter for. She carries she carries a gun. She's 80, <laughs> 83 years old. Yeah, she's and she's she, probably heard it all. <laughs> yeah, and she's and she's fairly proficient with it too. It surprises me. Yeah. She's the one that's got the 264 Winchester Magnum. Jeez. Yeah. I don't know if she could shoot it anymore, but but I mean, she's. I got some. I got some funny stories about her hunting. <laughs> we funny, get, funny, funny stories. We got to talk. Are. We actually, for our next podcast, we need to talk about hunting because uh, there may be an Africa trip in the near future for me. Mm. Uh, Cape Buffalo. Really? For what? Cape Buffalo. Oh, you're just gonna go hunt in Cape Buffalo? Yeah. I mean, that's the that's the reason for the trip. Yeah, I want one of my big five. So, yeah, I'm going to try to get a Cape Buffalo. Uh, My cousin's been over once, and he's all raring to go, so he's going to this, like, Safari International thing in Vegas in a couple weeks, and he's going to scope out some outfitters for us. Oh, wow. We'll make a choice. But, uh, yeah. That's that's exciting. Yeah, so probably next couple years for that, but... It's that's been on my bucket list. I want to get a Cape Buffalo because that's really the only one of the big five that really interests me. Because the rest of them are like endangered species and stuff, and you know, feel kind of bad shooting like an elephant or a rhino or a or a leopard, you know, but or a lion. But a Cape Buffalo is fair game, man. That's that's meat. <laughs> so, yeah, that's true. That's true. I don't know. Can you get that home? Yeah, yeah, no problem. Yeah, it's legal. Huh? I mean, I know the, I know the, uh, I know the hunting them is legal. Yeah, you can get it, the, you can get the trophy home on a Cape Buffalo. I mean, you can get the meat home. No, we'll eat that. Um, we're gonna eat it, and then you you share it. You know, it, it does nothing goes to waste. You give it to the yeah. the people locals. Are, yeah. And then you eat it as well. Um, but I can get the the head home, and I've got I've got these like twelve foot ceilings in my house, so like it's it's the perfect house for one of those, you know. Mm-hmm. Old Victorian, you know, big ass house. Oh, when was your house built? Nowhere in Iowa. <laughs> but, uh, no, no, I mean when 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 what year? What do you mean? What year was your house? What year was your house built? Eighteen nineties. <laughs> oh, yeah. And the guy that the guy that and I I didn't pay hardly anything for this. So like people just need to calm their ass down. Like I'm not like some millionaire or something living in Yo MTV Raps house. It's uh, <laughs> I actually paid less for my house than a lot of people will pay for their cars. But um, well, you're living in Iowa. What do you expect? Well, even for Iowa, this is cheap. For the amount made of, out of house corn stalks? No, dude. The guy that built it, he he owned a like a lumber yard, and so oh. he he like took the best stuff, and he he was like setting stuff aside for like twenty years. So the best stuff that went through his lumber yard for like twenty years. So we've got these like crazy old growth, you know, wood stuff everywhere. Pocket doors with like you know fiddleback stuff, and I mean it's just. But uh, nobody else, nobody knew what they were looking at, and it didn't have central air, so nobody wanted it. But uh, that was an easy enough fix, 
and now I've got a pretty nice house because of it. Hmm, that's cool. Yeah. That's very cool. Well, my natives are getting restless here. All right, I got to go. I'm going to go grab something to eat. So uh, keep your knives sharp, friends, and keep your friends sharper. That's right. <laughs> you know, that's the most important thing. And uh, try to stay warm. Yeah. You know, I'll I'll try to do the same. We're burning a lot, going through a lot of wood up here. Yeah. Hopefully uh, Al Gore will uh, come in to save the day for you, chop some wood for you. <clears throat> hey, one thing I'm going to uh, leave you with this thought. You know what's in my future? What? A log cabin. Sweet. Uh, I'm going to build. I, I kind of got the go-ahead from uh, my wife, and we can talk about this later, um, to build a, a small log cabin. But I think I'm going to build it like the old way. With, with, yeah, with uh, a hewing axe and all that. Yep, yep, exactly. Nice. Dude, i got to come yep. up and help on that. Yep, I think it's going to be, I think it'll be fun. You know, I can buy a bunch of cedar logs and. <clears throat> make it out of cedar and that's cool you'd be yep. like a dick prenicky character in alaska yep 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 i yeah. i love that show that's awesome Al- although although i wouldn't be a scorned man was he scorned i don't get it <coughs> i think when you listen to what his what he wrote and i i haven't read what he wrote but when you listen to the narrator uh-huh. narrating it and you listen to some of the things that, because he's reading out of a diary, uh-huh. out of a journal. And uh, when you when you listen to some of the the the, uh, the way he describes things, mm-hmm. uh, like an angry woman, or yeah, yeah, you know, he uses <laughs> I guess you're a lot right. of he uses a lot of those kinds of uh, of descriptive, uh, a lot of that kind of descriptive terminology. And when, you know, and here you got a guy that's fifty years old, that that's when he runs away. When he's 50 years old. Uh, excuse me, what the hell happened in his life that he ran away at 50 years old? I don't and know. And lived there for 30 years. That's pretty hardcore right there. Yeah. I mean, I, I love I mean, I mean, love what he did. I think, it's, I think it was very, very cool. But, boy, i got to tell you that something tr- must have traumatized him pretty much for that to happen. Yeah. So, anyways, with that... I'm signing off. I hear my wife driving in right now. All right. So I'll, we'll talk to you soon and catch you on the catch you a little later. Yep. Have fun. Yeah, you too. Bye. Bye-bye.